Everybody and welcome to Saturday Night Rewind. I am here with my good friend Randall McDonald, and I am here with my really good friend Brian Paradise. All right, it's not a competition. We're here to talk about season forty-six, episode four of Saturday Night Live with host Adele and musical guest Her. Mm-hmm. So, Randall, what did you think of this episode? I uh, I was uh, delighted. I think that's a really good word for it. I think I was charmed and delighted as well. Yes, uh, it it wasn't. The best, but it it was everyone was having fun, and you were having fun watching everyone have fun. Yeah, I, I feel like I had a smile on my face the whole time, even if I wasn't laughing, and I was like delight delightfully surprised by Adele. I think there's just a, a certain kind of guest that is just a good performer and will bring a good performance, whether or not she's necessarily a trained comedian or a stage actor. She is clearly a a strong stage present as presence. As a musician, and you really saw that in the episode last night. Yes, and on top of that, I don't know how the heck I have gone through my this far and never heard of her. Oh my goodness! I was it was amazing. It was so great. She was so good. I down I she, I added her on my favorites on Spotify, and when I was coming up to do this, I was just listen, jamming to her. Yeah. I was like, how have I not heard any of these songs? I think it was just overall a thoroughly entertaining show. It, yes. it wasn't perfect by any stretch. We'll talk about that. But I really liked it. So let's get into the episode. This is another debate sketch. We are essentially four for four this mm-hmm. season. Every cold open has either been a debate or, in the case of last week, the dueling town halls that happened. So this is the debate from earlier this week on Thursday with Maya Rudolph as Wexler, the debate uh, moderator. And Maya was all over the place tonight. Yeah, she was in almost in every sketch. Yeah, she was, which is like always welcome. So she was there as Wexler. And then we had Baldinus Trump and Jim Carrey as Joe Biden. I don't really have a lot to say about this sketch. Again, it started off kind of strong where they weren't, exactly repeating word for word what happened in the debate. I kind of liked uh, Alec Baldwin starting it off with like, thank you so much. And can you bring us some waters and like started it off that way. But yeah, again, it was just like a repeat of what happened in the debate, which I guess is funny. Well, I think (laughs) what, what hurts this specific debate sketch is one of the criticisms of the actual debate was that it was pretty uneventful. So having a pretty uneventful debate and then trying to find some parody was pretty hard. They they brought in Kate as Rudy Giuliani addressing the Borat plan with his stuff that came out this week. Yeah. They tried to find an angle with Biden where he got so upset he had a brief aside of becoming Clint Eastwood, trying to leverage some of Jim Carrey's impression chops. Yeah. But the the joke with Baldwin with as Trump seemed to be malapropism. So basically calling not malapropism, but basically calling the host, the moderator, any brown person's name he could think of. So he called her Hoda as a Hoda copy from uh, the Today Show, called her Mindy, said he loved her project. <laughs> but that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish not- I had more to say about the cold open, but I there there wasn't a lot of laughs. The audience seemed to just be amused, but they weren't really laughing either. Yeah. And the real surprise was seeing Kate as Giuliani, and that's always welcome. Right. But that was really brief. Yeah. And that was kind of it. Yeah, there, there's not a lot to do there. I wonder if they should like stop doing 
well, they have to now. But I would have rather seen like sketches where they were getting prepared for the debate, like yeah. the two different ways that they prepare instead of just doing word for word the debate. Yeah, there was some. I think there was an angle in there somewhere where there was some criticisms by the president of the vice of vice president Biden about his basically disappearing for a few days to do debate prep. So you could have maybe done that where like Biden's in his basement getting ready there. I think there's some other, and this is what we talked about before that there's a way of doing political comedy without just recreating something that actually happened. And I think SNL gets stuck in this trap this week. I was watching the episode with my wife and as we got into the opening title, she's like, man, that was long. Did you check the running time of it? This it was time? 11 minutes and something. So it's getting shorter. It was shorter, but I think it felt longer because yeah. with these other ones, they've had a sides where they, you know, they had the, the fly thing. They had some other, they brought in other characters when they had uh, Maya come in to kind of address the guys at the first debate. But this was just kind of, yeah, yeah, it's, it seemed like the other cold opens, they kind of started turning into different sketches because that's what we've, I guess, like criticized about them yeah. is that they start in one place and then they start to turn in. This and this did, one just stood in one place. Just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I, a couple of quotes that I liked uh, when Bal- Baldwin as Trump talked about LGBT QAnon, who's doing <laughs> a bunch of runners at the end. Uh, and then the end of the sketch... Biden got the I kick ass and take trains and I'm all out of trains, which I thought was yeah. funny. Oh, the bingo too. That was oh that yeah, was pretty funny. The the malarkey. I, I just think there wasn't a whole lot of momentum. It didn't really do much of anything. So I think we are ready to move on. Yeah. So this week's host is Adele, and what we've already alluded to, she was just fun to be around. She again, and I am biased because. I appreciate people that appreciate this American television institution. And she was saying that, uh, and this is something I didn't realize, that she felt that her American breakthrough came through uh, being the musical guest in SNL 12 years ago. Yeah. And that's pretty remarkable that she credits the show with landing, finding success in the States. And we talked about this kind of in the genesis of developing this podcast, that for me, there are times where there are either performers and musicians that I'm kind of, unaware of. And then when I see them at SNL, that really gets me into it. That's why we have our kind of, we're buying tickets thing at the end. And it was cool that she felt that she could associate her professional success in the States with being on SNL, which is pretty rad. Yeah. And she was on a big night. She was on the Sarah Palin with uh, Tina Fey night, which I remember that. But you know what? I don't remember Adele on that episode. I don't remember that. The one I remember, the part of that episode I remember the most is when, and maybe this is a different episode, but I remember Palin interrupting update with like a rap song that Amy Poehler was doing. Mm-hmm. And that was like a couple of weeks before they just got annihilated by, um, by Barack Obama. Yeah. And it, I remember at the time going like that. She doesn't know that she is the, the subject of this joke. <laughs> so it was cool that uh, Adele was on that episode, but it's like you said, we don't really have much of a memory yeah. for it. But she uh, really liked it. She So her monologue, this is our... I'm impressed by this, but this is our fourth straight just one person telling a story. They didn't feel like they needed to bring in anybody, no questions from the audience. She just got to be her Adele self. And I forgot how strong her accent is. Yeah. It, she does not have a pretty British accent. She does not. And what was also funny to me, like watching this, because we've had comedians, 
pretty much very comedic guests who have done pretty much stand up yeah. at this part. And it was as if she was doing stand up but with no jokes. Like it, there weren't like punchlines or like no. very poignant points that she was making about our like political or this uh pandemic. It was just like this is me and uh here I and it was it was cool. I, I loved it because it was showing who she is. Yeah, I think she has a reputation of as a kind of chat show host and when she's on stage of just being charming and talking to the audience and just being nice to be around. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what she displayed. Like you said, she wasn't setting up jokes or paying off punchlines. She was just talking. She talked about how uh, she, the reason why she's there is her album isn't ready yet. <laughs> and the reason why she was hosting and not hosting and musical guesting is she didn't want all that pressure. And she just felt like wearing some goofy wigs and having some fun, which is really what we got. Right. The only kind of cooked bit it seemed like of the, her monologue is going to Keenan with the gi- comedically large swear jar. Mm-hmm. And I also liked the video montage of her using profanity on live television, which was also very cool. Yeah, that, that was very cool. That's it. And the, the last thing she said at the end, and I wrote this down is I hope you get as much joy as we did putting this together for you before she went to the kind of boiler place of stick around. We'll be right back. Yeah. So I thought that was Lovely. And I think that that really set the right expectation for tonight. They had a great time this week preparing some a variety comedy show for us. And then they've hit it off and they were clearly enjoying themselves. They were. And what was very cool to watch, and we'll talk about it in later sketches, was it seemed like she had a personal relationship with like a few of the cast members. Yeah. Like they were very... Giggling and, and very... They were trying to make each other laugh. Yes. And that's that shows that there was like a relationship there, I think. Yeah, I that is a great way of framing it. I think that it is clear that she wanted to be there, she was ready to have a good time, and that she forged a relationship with the with the cast throughout the week. Yeah. Uh going into our first sketch, and I think it will see a little bit of that, is it is Kate as a sidekick with Bowen, Ego, Heidi, and Adele as uh going to this Psychic reading place, and they are in the year. And I missed this detail because they only think they said it once. And it took me midway through the sketch to figure out what they were doing. But they are in the year 2019, wishing the year was over and predicting the future. And Kate is doing this almost the same voice that she does when she plays that like kind of tragic Russian character mm-hmm. as her update kind of correspondent. Yeah. So, uh, which is great. I'll I'll be anywhere where Kate's doing a, a, a dumb voice. So I I thought she was just in full Kate. I'm in I'm a weirdo mode. Yeah. And then basically was predicting things that became realities in in 2020. What do you think about this one? Yeah. So like you said, that this is one where I missed that they were in 2019. Yeah. And when she said in the year 2020, like towards the end of the sketch, I was like, aren't they in? The year 2020, and I did have to go back to like watch. So maybe the setup could have been a little bit more clearer. Yeah, they could have brought it back. Uh, but I thought it was it was very funny about how optimistic we looked. <laughs> yeah, into 2020 and how uh, grim it got, and just kind of making those relationships. Uh, one thing that this uh, whole show had was a, and I've noticed that it has a lot to do with the pandemic and and what we're going through. And I think, was it last week or the week before, where they kind of, 
Oh, it was with Bill Burr, where they got away from a lot of the the pandemic stuff. And so that's something that that I'm going to say I had a little problem with this sketch. Or not this sketch, but this show was everything was pandemic-themed. And it's like, uh, I've seen all of this. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that this is a sketch they could have deployed any time in the last month because it wasn't specifically topical to what we're going through right now. Also, I'm sure as New Yorkers, they're thinking with seeing how bad things are getting in the country this week. Yeah. It seems like fair game. But I thought this was kind of lived in performance. It was very funny. It was basically everybody else was setting up Kate to just say a monologue in a funny voice. What I thought was cool with this character she was playing is that when she was uh, talking to some of the character she was then doing their voice back to them so she kind of does ego's voice back to her does kind of an american accent just even though she's doing this russian thing to adele she kind of does a cockney british back to her yeah and this was the first of a couple of times that we saw adele kind of lose it Mm -hmm. in the sketch because and and kate was doing something that she does with 80 where they kind of get uncomfortably close yeah and i think you and i have both done that as <laughs> as stage actors in the the melodrama theater we work at where we'll just like you can tell you're getting to somebody so you make them more uncomfortable yeah and i saw a little bit of that between kate and adele and it was fabulous and she did it uh, too with uh bowen yang yeah she did it with him and he almost broke there was, I forget what she did, but she got very close to him and was saying, I think numbers or something. And Yeah, I think they were forehead to forehead. Yeah. Yeah. So this is great. A couple of things they talked about. Uh, Bowen was going to drive to Kentucky with his boyfriend and pee in a bag. I thought it was cool that uh, Bowen got to just play a homosexual character in a scene. Yeah. And it, that wasn't even a thing. Nope. Just a person that happens to be gay. He's done that a couple of times since he's joined the cast. Yeah. And I think that is very cool. It's 2020. Right. Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I was just happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like five years ago, it would be even five years ago. I think people would be like, well, they're forcing it. You know, and right. now it's like, no, that's just. <laughs> well, Kate's gay, too. And they don't have right. her do a lot of just a regular person that happens to be a lesbian in these sketches. But I think. His that he's so forward about that. There's been a few times where he does where he just gets to play a homosexual character, and I just like that it was like him and the gal pals going out to a psychic, and it there's no uh real emphasis put on that, it was just kind of yeah, part of his character, which I thought was cool. I th- I've got a bold prediction, and I don't know if, if go ahead. This is, I, I think Bowen Yang is the next Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah. That I yes, I agree with that. And I think in like five years he's gonna be the the star. I can see that. Absolutely. Especially as some of the, the more tenured cast leaves. He is so strong. He yeah. can kind of do anything. So he's I, very I, funny, yeah. Very funny. Uh what other lines do I want to pull out? The the kind of zinger at the end was uh JK Rowling stick to the books. Oh yeah. From Kate, which was really good. And that was just an aside just out to the audience. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh but again, not much to say about this sketch. I just liked it. It yeah. was funny. Kate is good. The other actors did a good job. They also tried to shoehorn um, the the Tubin guy from The New Yorker who uh, was caught masturbating on Zoom in a right. meeting. Right. With Heidi's character happened to be his daughter, which is also funny. Talking about Zoom in 2019, no one really knew what they were talking about. Which no, funny. no, not at all. And. Uh, this sketch, yeah, it had a good it had a good structure. 
good good build up and good ending i think yeah because it was one of those where kind of rule of 3 right so each person right. they they kind of escalated in kind of in weirdness and then i didn't know what they were going to do with heidi because they used um bowen and ego and, and adele and then they used that to kind of do their so there's a version of this sketch 2 weeks ago where they don't have the Tubin thing, and maybe they only have three people at the psychic table. Right. But because they wanted to make this kind of topical joke, they throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. A good sketch. I like it. J.K. Rowling should stick, stick to, to the, the books. books. So the, the next one is a filmed sketch. This is the return of Chad <laughs> with Pete. So he's done this maybe three or four times. Yeah. At least three to my recollection. And this is this non-plus guy in weird situation, and that's basically the premise. I, I had... Four notes that I wrote down. And yeah. There was not much of anything to say. There's not much of anything. I remember when I first saw him do Chad, I was like, okay, it's like the anti-comedy thing where it's like, it's not funny, so it's funny. And I don't know. Every time I see him do it again, I, I think it's funnier. Okay. And I don't know, because now I know that like they're trying to be stupid. It's like bad improv or bad. Yeah. And it's just, okay. <laughs> nope. I, I think the... Difference with this one uh, was, so it's him and Adele in a haunted house. She uh, is trying to tell him that she was murdered by her husband. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference is he, the, the, this works for me when it is really fast. Like the pacing Mm. is fast. And I think having Adele be ethereal and try to explain this kind of like plot stuff slowed it down pace wise. Mm. So I think that kind of cutting the, the, and the pacing is also in the, because it is a film sketch in the editing where they kind of cut to him. He says a one word answer. The other person continues. Uh, I think this is not my favorite iteration of Chad. Yeah. I'm happy to see it. Yeah. I, I think my favorite version is when he was like in either Olympus, there was like a bunch of um, mythical creatures. Oh, yeah. So there was more people throwing stuff at him, which I think worked better than this one. It felt, you know, we're in October, it's spooky season, why not? Right, right, yeah. And I've been watching a lot of scary movies, so maybe nice. that that's another thing. But it's just, to me, to me, what's funny about it is that the timing is bad. <laughs> is that, yeah. it's like, so my favorite line in that whole sketch was, uh, when he farted in the bathroom, he goes safety. Yeah, that was, and I was like, ah, that's it. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, there, again, really not much to say about it. He's in a haunted house. She, he, accidentally screws up the evidence of being able to explain how she was murdered, and then he dies. Yeah, and then he walks away, and she's like, ah, dang it, every time. The next one. So this one I think is interesting. The this is our product placement of the night. They do a bachelor sketch. Mm, yeah. Typically, when they do a Bachelor parody sketch, it is they call it something related to the actual guy on The Bachelor. So it'd be like Farm Hunk mm-hmm. or something like that. This one, they just called The Bachelor. And if it is product placement, that would be weird because that is on a rival network. So I don't know the legality with this one. Yeah. I don't. So I'm surprised that they didn't call it something else in this one. And they do make some specific allusions to the current season of the bachelor with the guys like five eleven and a half and what have you. And this one w- was one of my favorite from tonight because it is like, they set it up with a couple of girls with the same name, which I guess is a trope mm-hmm. of the bachelor. And so it's like Hannah, it's Hannah C 
which I thought was funny. Right, right. And they don't I, even again, <laughs> mention it. I, the, I was thinking that. I was like, did they mean to do that? Or I think they did. Yeah. Okay. And then Hannah C., some other last name. Yeah. And then actual singer Adele, which is kind of brilliant because she is famously unlucky in love and single. Right. So she was delightful. She was great. Yeah. Yeah. Her singing is first off spectacular. And then to just see her singing every single time he is ignoring her was just hilarious. Oh, her. Yeah. And so it was funny. You could see right before she starts singing because they'd had, it looked like a pre-taped bit of the girls introducing themselves and they go to a, a set where she's in the, the middle of the, of the set sitting and you, I w- you could see an ear, an ear monitor on her right ear. So oh. by the time it went, why is that there? She started singing. And then she it's as close as we're going to get Adele singing live on television, probably for a while. Right. So it was nice to have her just like singing the hits as a creep, yeah. uh, taking focus away from the other girls on the competition show. It was like just really well constructed and funny. And you kind of knew what the joke was going to continue to be, but it was still good. Yeah, yeah. Just having a bunch of people annoyed that Adele was singing is like funny enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the only other person that I could see this working with too is Taylor Swift is like if they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, I could see that happening. Like that is yeah. something that could definitely happen. Oh, yeah. Cause again, because Taylor Swift is an unlucky, famously unlucky in love and has a bunch of songs about it. So, yeah. but yeah, it was just like really nice to hear her sing. And then I was looking back cause I thought she had some kind of vocal issue. Hmm. So back in 27, I looked it up. Back in 2017, she had to cancel her tour early, and I thought she had like nodes, which is like a like nodules on your vocal cords yeah. that have to be surgically removed. I don't think she get, was that damaged, but basically that's why we haven't heard much from her. That oh. she had vocal damage, either got surgery or not. That was hard to tell, but basically kind of slipped out of the public eye for the last almost two or two and a half, almost three years. Yeah. And in that time, and we didn't talk about this in, in the monologue, lost a crap ton of weight. Yeah. So she made a joke about it in her monologue where uh, with travel restrictions, you're only allowed to take half of you. Yeah. And because she, <laughs> you know, not, she was a, a curvy woman. Now she's like, certainly not. Yeah. And uh, looked great. But so it was interesting uh, seeing this where she was just singing the hits in the context of the sketch at the end of the sketch, she like goes out into the house uh, singing. Uh, I really liked the la- what she kind of yells up out at the camera, catch me next week on Love Island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, another product placement. <laughs> right. For other, for other television shows, other television uh, shows on other television networks. Yeah. I think this was the, the funniest that she was. Yes. And she just got to be herself. Ego, I'm not Ego. Um, Heidi and Chloe were good supporting folks. Beck was the the bachelor, but she was just very funny. Just we've talked about this before. We like ourselves some self deprecating humor, and this was all over that. Yeah, yeah, it was very funny. She's a very yeah strong performer. She held her own and owned it, and that was the point of the sketch. And she knocked it out of the park. I think throughout the night, she was just clearly having fun. This was evidence of that. Uh huh. So this next one, this filmed fake commercial, this election ad, I did not know where this was going. What did you think of this? I, I liked it. I thought it was very funny. I think the the joke has been made before, but to turn it into a sketch was, was I thought, very brilliant. The premise of this is it's, you know, let's vote in Joe Biden and the future's looking very, you know, bleak. And then th- everyone in this political ad, these regular people start realizing that, oh no, if we 
vote Donald Trump out, what are we going to talk about for the next four years? All of my conversations have been about him. And then they slowly start to realize that, oh, we will still be talking about him for a long time. Yeah, he uh, whether or not he wins in a couple of weeks, he ain't going anywhere. Uh, so this was uh, Keenan, Alex, Pete, Punky, Andrew, Melissa, Beck, and Ego. So mm-hmm. a lot of people in this one kind of going back and forth. One of the uh, lines from Melissa was, my entire personality is hating Trump, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. I liked their their Batman illusion, where it's like, if you went from <laughs> Batman to Alfred the butler, yeah. I want Joker to blow up the hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, 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 there is some very good uh, analogies, and just, <laughs> I think then Beck says something like, and he could still run in 2024, and everyone was like, no, <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> It's funny, that is not the first time I've heard that said out loud, Ugh. the the idea of uh, Trump, Trump, yeah, 2024. So, yeah, it was, I didn't know where they were going. It felt so clearly pro-Biden in a way that I am was surprised to see. Mm. And then when you see that the, the joke is about uh, Trump kind of infecting our thoughts over the last five years and what are people going to do? I also liked that the sponsor of the ad was Trump addicts of America. Yeah. Which feels like we've all been suffering a little bit with, with Trump addiction over the last five years. Yes, we have. He's been the, yeah, the, the heart of our, all of our conversations <laughs> really does feel like it. And I, I liked the sentiment in, uh, I think Pete was saying like, what am I going to text my friends about? Cause it's always about, I like, can't believe that he, Said this. said this. Yeah, it's a cool way to twist or to look at that Trump from a new perspective of instead of like he's this hateful, uh, you know, racist or whatever you believe that he is, uh, to look at it from the angle of, but he's entertained us for <laughs> four years. Right, yeah. Instead of just that hate or that disgust for him. Well, and it kind of has a seed in what he has said publicly that he mm-hmm. feels like, the news networks love him because he is increasing the ratings. And I think that this was kind of playing on that idea. And even SNL, they've had Baldwin acting as the president for five years, going right. back into 2015 during the when he announced that he was running and then through the primaries in early 2016. So a whole bunch of even SNL has kind of been centered around this person. So there's certainly going to be what do they do next? And the answer is they will be fine because they've had Democratic and Republican presidents and SNL continues to be able to write comedy. So like right. we're all going to survive. Yeah. But I, I liked the the framing that the like we all have a collective problem with obsessing over this person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Normal people, all of us, usually politics was held for the late night hosts and the <laughs> And Saturday Night Live, and right now it's everybody all the time, 24-7. Yeah, I, I've i had a Twitter for a long time, but I didn't use it regularly until the last four mm-hmm. years, which I'm not happy about. So then we get to our musical guest. We talked about this a, a few minutes ago. Her, mm-hmm. who is uh, a pretty young R&B singer. She's only been around for maybe three, four years publicly. She's had two albums. So she her first song was a song called Damage. I don't really have much to say other than she was great. Yeah, she was she was amazing, and the thought I didn't do any research on here going into it. Yeah, me too. And I remember last week we were like H E R. Is that like an 
EDM group or dubstep, like and to we're be so just, wrong, so wrong, and her to be so good. I just felt so bad that I haven't heard of her yet. But this is the magic of Saturday Night Live. Yes, we both saw a performer that we really enjoyed and that we we're going to start paying attention to and listening to. What I liked is that at least twice of the three times that Adele said her, both the at the at the end of the monologue and then the two times she introduced her, she said the queen, her. Oh, yeah, the divine. The her. divine, yeah. So she, you could tell that Adele herself was a fan, mm-hmm. which is cool when that matches up. Yeah. Kind of like when uh, we, in our pilot episode, where Mulaney had a relationship with David Byrne and was excited to have them there. And this was, I don't know who influences what. I don't really understand how musical acts are booked on SNL, but clearly Adele was happy to have her there. Yeah. And her, her band was really strong. The first song, uh, which is called Damage, was great. Yeah. I just was so delighted to have a new artist come into our, our lives. I think I'll have a little bit more to say about her second performance. Yeah. But this first one knowing nothing about her was really, really cool. Yeah, same, same. She she blew me away. So we get to update. I liked the way that they started with talking about the CNN headline, Trump behaved more like a regular person, and that <laughs> being news. That being a headline. Yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting. I really liked what they talked about also in kind of the beginning debate rehash with an uh, update where they were talking about Jost was talking about people yelling at their TVs with all the things that Biden could say. Right. And I absolutely had that thought when I was uh, watching parts of it. It's like, oh, no, just can you please just... Uh, and when he talked about, like, you have the ball, you're at the rim, just dunk it. Just dunk it. And then he goes into the Daniel Jones play, which I, I watch football a lot. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had seen that play. I have not. But it was so funny, and immediately when I saw it, it was on Thursday night, I was like, that's going to be on SNL, for oh, sure. Nice. And like when he was doing that analogy, I was like, here it comes. <laughs> I just felt so bad for that guy. Oh, man, I know. It was so funny. So funny. Uh, che talked about Trump stating that he was the least racist person in the room, which is what uh, the most racist person in the room said. <laughs> I heard that exact sentiment multiple times throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that... There's some times where uh, SNL is at a competitive disadvantage because they don't get to write every night. Yeah. But between Twitter and some of the late night stuff, that joke had been made at least once that yeah. I had heard. Yeah, yeah. If not more times. We've, we, yeah, we've talked about how they're sometimes late to the trend, but that's... They only get to goes. be on once a week. Yeah. Um, I loved Michael Che during this. He, f- he like flubbed or he messed up like twice and he just cracked up and... It was so funny. Yeah, and then he was just, he kind of pouted, saying, like, I just thought the president was going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which With, is so so funny. Okay. What is your read on this Melissa Villas in your correspondent piece? I thought they were trying to force it too much. They, uh, We've talked about she hasn't really been on the show that much, and I could tell that they wanted to get her on, and she's known for doing a bunch of impressions, um, but they, they just didn't, flow there wasn't a good flow to it her impressions were great but it was just like i don't know why you're here doing this you know it wasn't like she had like an angle that was like unique like when pete davidson comes on or when when uh 
Kate McKinnon did her Doctor We Notice. Yeah. But uh and they did this last week too with Heidi where she came on and did the the cocaine wife and it was like that's a really good character but I think it's in the wrong spot. Right. Well, I think Heidi last week she does a, she's a really good actress mm-hmm. and she does a really good job of inhabiting characters and I think that the character that she created I for me is welcome back at the update desk as welcome as it is in a sketch if they want to do it that way. Right. Melissa felt like I need I I am going to pretend the setup was that she was alone and then it was she was basically saying a few words to then connect to the next impression. And it felt, like you said, forced. I was mm-hmm. like she has some impressions she wants to use. And she was just trying to find a vehicle to get to each of those. And you're right. It didn't feel like Pete's I'm Pete doing some stuff or Leslie Jones when she was back on oh, the show yeah, yeah, yeah. doing like it, what it's like to be Leslie Jones. This felt like I am going to set up some impressions, but I don't think we actually learned anything about Melissa Villasenor. And I think she's mm-hmm. a very good impressionist. I think she is good in sketches. I don't think she's as much of a writer or as much as uh, of a personality. No. So, so another... Uh, venue in which I judge people is uh, have you watched comedians in cars getting coffee? Yes. Okay. That is what it is. If somebody just took an algorithm from my brain and said like, what are the, what are all the things that Brian likes? And it is cars <laughs> and it is comedians <laughs> and it is coffee and it is talking about those things. Mm-hmm. Like it was a show that like just came from my brain and then Jerry Seinfeld just made it. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my God. It is so good. Well, anyway, so, <laughs> She was on one episode, and I love this show. I haven't seen like the, the when it was on. Just I forget what. Oh yeah, like streaming platform is on. I've just watched the ones that have made their way to Netflix. I know there's yeah. more episodes than that, but those are the ones I've seen. And she was on, I think, the most recent Netflix season, and it was so boring because she is not that interesting as a personality. She's funny, yeah, and she does good impressions, but. As an example, she decided to use this like super doing this link sound when oh, she's yeah. doing wall sits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and she did it a couple of times. And then she had to explain for those of you that play video games, you know, this is the sound that Link makes. And then she did it again. And correct. That was correct. Yeah. That is exactly the sound that Link makes when he's swinging his sword. But if you have to explain what it is, yeah. it's less effective right it's not that funny so she did like a but that's what's so frustrating is she did a great little rascals impression she did a great link swinging a sword sound so she tried to connect the tiktok fleetwood mac dreams ocean spray skateboard guy she did all that work just to do a stevie nicks impression with like modified lyrics and then she kind of ended it with sia like she was a in she was like in bed sleepy yeah cuddling i don't know like i think that there is a sketch somewhere mm-hmm. that best deploys all of these impressions or maybe a digital short kind of thing but i just don't think melissa can do it i don't think melissa can do all the work yeah to get there well cuz she got famous on america's got talent right oh did you think she? that that's what she she got known for and Again, her audition was this. It was weaving all of the impressions 
into some kind of format so that they all connect. Right. And that's great for America's Got Talent. But yeah, on SNL, I mean, when you're... Again, the other thing, too, is she's going up against great impressionists like Chloe Fineman yeah. and, and Jim Carrey's on. And when you got the makeup and all that, then to just have someone do all these voices, it's... Like, uh, there's a better way to do it. They were this impressive, is... but it felt like when Jay Farrow would go on update and do right. a bunch of impressions, like, man, find that guy a sketch. Right. And I think that she needs that or she's not going to be around much longer. Not like they're going to kick fire her or anything, but I could see that this might not be the right venue for her. Yeah, and uh, I think the other thing, too, again, with social media and YouTube and all of these different uh, platforms, there are a lot of impersonators and they all do a lot of the same things, and there's so many yeah. that I think that like you have to have the makeup with it because there's already I've seen a ton of people doing those impressions. I mean, Frank Kellyendo's on TikTok and he's great. Yeah, and he does pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I mean, basically. just a bunch of them and does a couple voices. So I like her a lot. I want. I wish her all the success. I'm not sure if this is her venue. Yeah. My next note is that jerk was dry as hell. So that was Michael Che talking again about the the guy from the New Yorker on TikTok masturbating. I thought it was a very good angle. That got yeah. a great reaction. So we talked earlier about Bowen being a homosexual person of no real note in a sketch. And then they make this lazy Ken is gay joke talking about the... Um, Elton John themed Barbie doll. Right. And that Ken's gonna love it. It's like, okay. Yeah. I I just think in Year of Our Lord 2020, we are beyond gay panic jokes. And I just don't think that this is interesting or at the level of what the show should be, especially with two out cast members. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The punchline wasn't that no. wasn't that great. There's a there's a better joke in there somewhere. Yeah. Or just use another joke altogether. And I like I my my sensibilities were not upset or whatever. Like I don't right. I just don't think that Ken is gay is a terribly interesting punchline. Yeah, that has been a joke since the eighties. <laughs> what was funny though is that Phil Collins was kicked out of his house and now he's in a stew stew studio apartment <laughs> that got yeah. nothing yeah this is another one where michael che was like oh come on yeah he it, the problem is and michael che has a tendency to get kind of his words stuck in his mouth like he's a little bit of stutter a little bit of kind of getting his lines out cleanly yeah it's better now than it was when he originally co-hosted update with che or with jost but here where he he needs to do this susa studio joke and he just kind of botches the beginning of it it's not a super timely joke. And then by the end of the him trying to get it out and the groan, he just says, woof. Yeah. That was appropriate. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the third week in a row where I think that Weekend Update has been the funniest part of the show. Yeah. And I think that from Melissa on, it yeah. was really good. I think that... They, they feel like, and I don't know if this is a Lauren thing, I don't know if this is a tradition thing, but they feel like they got to get all the political stuff at first, Yeah, bring on the first correspondent, and then they get to do what feels like somebody was scrolling through Google News, looking at headlines and coming up with jokes. Yeah, yeah. Which is where you get the Phil Collins thing, and uh, when they talked about the playground near a Vatican. There's uh, nothing ever good has happened from a playground near the Vatican. This is, I felt cool for Jost to tell this joke where he was talking about this person created the fastest ever thing that's happened and that it happened so quickly they called it Che. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> so a nice kind of inversion where normally Che is the one getting, uh, kind of doing jokes at Jost's expense. So this was nice. Right. And then we end with the village people. <laughs> <laughs> that have taken some affront to Trump using their music. Village people played by uh, Bowen, Keenan, Beck, Mikey, and Chris Red, with a surprise appearance by a uh, effervescent and uh, light on his feet Alan Dershowitz uh-huh. with Alex playing uh, Dershowitz. This is great. It was like sublime, sublime, kind of weird. It was great. Yeah, this this actually felt like something that our the theater that we work at does a lot. I mean, I have done YMC in public more than once. Yeah, and then someone running across and jumping every <laughs> every other verse. I was it was like something uh, that we did five yeah, years ago. This feels like exactly something that we've done, which is fun. Yeah, I, I liked it. You could tell, because you could still see Jost and Che kind of, because the village people were in front of the desk. You could still see them having a good time. So poor Jost was the person that had to keep on like asking questions to, yeah. to further the joke. And he just like, couldn't keep his crap together the whole time. Which is great. And oh, I, yeah. I don't know if he's doing that on, on purpose or if he genuine, genuinely feels that way, but he's good at that doing that. But again, this is the kind of political comedy I want. And I'm being, I'm being serious. So like they, the, the premise is, is that Trump has been dancing like a 74-year-old man uh-huh. at his rallies to YMCA. Right. So the village people have something to say about that. And they are kind of making Trump jokes in the context of YMCA, which is very funny. Yeah. And so that's, I, need, I like that more than redoing a thing that actually happened. And again, having Dershowitz there and saying that he switched sides and then making this like weird threat that they're going to kidnap <laughs> Ivanka and shave her head, head so that she looks like Jean-Luc Picard, which is also nice and strange. And uh, as a Star Trek person, that I, I, I felt yeah. seen. <laughs> and I also like one of their last things that they said is everything is legal if you sing it in a song. Yeah. And then they go into the crowd. Then they go into the crowd. Like yeah. it was uh, the theme of tonight being, or last night, I guess, being that everybody seemed to be having a good time. I really felt that you saw that in this yeah. weird way to end it. I kind of like when they do stuff and update that pulls people away from the from the desk. It was great. Yeah. So very. I think this is, like you said, a very strong update. I think that they will feel great in two weeks when the election is over mm-hmm. and they don't feel like they have to do political material as they're not going to be as slaves to it. Like obviously no matter who wins in on the fourth, there's going to be three more months of Trump being the president. Yeah. But I think that the day to day election stuff is maybe going to have, they're going to have less pressure with that. Yeah. There is, there is a joke that I, that actually like wasn't really a joke to me that I was like, Oh my gosh. The joke that uh, Colin said about how both these candidates are older than the presidents we had in 96 and 2000. Yeah, making the point that you know o- Obama is 59, mm-hmm. so he is 15 years younger than Trump, and he hasn't been the president for four years. Yeah. And then that both W and Clinton, which is surprising, are both younger than the men running for president now. Yeah. I mean, part of that is the way that these two election cycles happened. And part of that, honestly, is modern medicine. 
Mm. Yeah. I just true. think that there was less 74-year-olds running around in 1992 yeah. when Clinton was elected. And certainly, you know, and, and Biden being 77, he'll be 78 if he is elected. Yeah. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. But even that, I didn't really laugh. I was like, oh, oh, this is actually news to me. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that it made me do was go, is Obama almost 60? Yeah. And then, yes, he's 59 yeah. and he looks great. Oh, man. So we get to this next sketch. So Maya, this is her second appearance of the night. This is a sketch where she is featured. So this felt like she was just game for whatever. Mm -hmm. So she was the moderator for the cold open. Here she is, this grandma. I really liked the joke of this sketch. So this yeah. is Ego, Chris, Pete, and Adele as kids going to visit their grandma, played by Maya. And that was actually some like really thoughtful casting I like too, right? Uh -huh. Maya is a mixed race individual, had some white grandkids, had some black grandkids. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So she is like a lot of senior citizens right now, she's currently in a nursing home, but she can't be visited physically by her family due to our global health crisis. So she is on the balcony and they're yelling up to her, kind of explaining, just trying to say hi, socialize with her. Mm -hmm. And the joke of this sketch is that she can't hear you if you are hedging, right. essentially. Yeah, you got to get to the point. You got to get to who you are as a person right now. And then she goes, oh, okay. Yeah, it was just, they they were playing this. Oh, I'm you're too far away. Uh -huh. I'm hard of hearing, whatever. And they established that with uh, Adele saying, "Oh, I'm wearing this scarf that you made me." Mm -hmm. But then we get to Pete, who is unemployed, but says that he is unemployed five different ways, saying that he is between things. He's helping his buddy with the startup, and you know he's just doing all this like hedging and hemming and hawing. And then when he finally goes, "I'm unemployed," she goes, "Ah." Yeah. Just <laughs> very funny. Yeah. And basically they do the same runner with uh, Ego where her husband isn't there because she they had a, a threesome. Yeah. And then he went with the other woman. Yeah. And some like very nice specific details in that sketch and or in the for both of them, both uh, Pete and then Ego talking about her relationship. And Maya can't understand you unless you're being real. Right. Which was very funny. Yeah. And then just her response, like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, did you think new girl Laura needed to be in this sketch? No. <laughs> like, there's a version of this sketch where she is not there and no one misses anything. Because Lauren is a nurse wearing a mask who is kind of helping, yeah, ostensibly helping Maya be on the balcony. I just think we could have cut those lines yeah. and not missed anything. At first, I thought it was 80. Well, at oh, first, like right away, I was like, "Oh, look!" Eight. And then I was like, "No, wait, that's not her. No, that's that's Lauren. That's someone else." And uh, but yeah, yeah, she's wearing a mask too the whole time. So <laughs> she just didn't need to be there. And no. I think I really liked the way the sketch ended too. So basically, mm -hmm. this is a rule of three, right? So we get Pete eventually admitting that he is unemployed, mm -hmm. and then Ego admitting that she is broken up for her husband, but living in the same house with him mm -hmm. and his new person. And then Maya basically reading this note, but the, the crux of it is that she has spent all of the money and there's no inheritance, which prompts the children to leave. Yeah. Oh, well, this was all for nothing. Yeah, like, it was great. Oh, what a waste of time. Yeah. It felt like a really natural end to that sketch. Like there was a good place for yeah. it to go. Yeah. And actually, I would say that this whole, this whole episode had good endings. There wasn't like a 
bad, awkward ending, I would say. No, I don't think so. So I really liked that. It, it was very simple. It was very, it was funny in performance. It was great to see Maya. And then we get, to, <laughs> we get to the sketch with Adele and Kate. Oh gosh, in Africa. Yes. Uh, so it is Adele and Kate uh, in full div- middle-aged divorcee getup. Adele's got this beautifully large wig. Yeah. And uh, they are doing, uh, I kind of British, kind of South African. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Doing some dialects. Talking about how great Africa is uh, in the kind of context of a tourism video. And then you just keep on seeing these white women and just beautiful black men walking <laughs> behind them. Yeah. And the, basically they just keep on the, you know, it, it hits the form of like beaches and sun rays and tribesmen. And, yeah. Tribesmen. And we just keep on getting back to that. And Adele can't keep it together. No, no, she can't. And Kate McKinnon knows what she's doing. Oh yeah. Like you could tell that Adele struggled with this at rehearsal at dress and Kate kind of knew that and just not maliciously, but just she, Kate is great. And with, with, uh, performs, she's kind of hard to break. Yeah. And it was, you could just see that Adele just lost the armor essentially like she like lost the veneer of being able to combat wanting to laugh. And it just, every time she would get it back though, which I was really impressed by. There were some times where she was laughing through her lines, but then she like, she could rein it back in and do it again. Uh, But she was just, she was doubled over. Yeah. She just lost it. Yeah. She went completely out of frame for us. I I thought she was going to leave. I was like, I'm ready for this, for her to be like, I can't do this. But, uh, do you think that Kate added some tribesmen in there? That's entirely possible. I, I think that she added a few more just to mess with her. Yeah, that might have been where they revised it and added some more of those, knowing that this was going to be a sketch about Adele laughing. Yeah. But it was so it was so funny. It was so genuine. Like, right. she was having such a good time. It wasn't she a couldn't th- handle it. She, like, went... There was one time, I think, where she made eye contact with Kate, and that was enough. Um, There is a point where she sticks out her tongue and crosses her eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was just, like, so just just Adele, the person that is a human on stage that just, like, couldn't do it anymore. And it was so fun. And then even Heidi came out and made her laugh. Heidi said something, too, that she lost. Yeah, so Heidi came uh, and added, again, because... It reminded me of the We're Not Porn Stars Anymore right. sketch where the the joke is that they're so deadpan just saying things that where it's they're kind of stumbling over their words. So I it reminded me of that with how deadpan they were just talking about Africa and tribesmen. And then also I was just impressed by like the sheer amount of background actors they had. They yeah. had to have at least <laughs> 10 yeah. couples walking by. Some like two. There was one where two black guys were holding. <laughs> uh, yeah, just holding girl. this woman up yeah. over their shoulders. <laughs> She's like rubbing their heads. Yeah, so just had like these beautiful men walking by shirtless and then trying to say these 
lines and then Adele just like could not handle it and it was delightful. Yeah, and she checked some dude out too during one oh, of the Oh yeah, there was like, a, looks back. that's what I was impressed by, but even though as she was losing it, she was still she's a professional, she's trying uh-huh. to back. And then yeah, there was a point where she was I'm assuming directed as one of the couples went by just like check the guy out as she was going off stage left. It was great. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I liked how simple the premise was that Everybody was having a very good time. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great sketch. So then we get to the second performance of her. This time she is playing the guitar. So this song sounded like the song untitled Brackets, How Does It Feel by D'Angelo. Hmm. So that was a big part of when I was in, I think that album came out. I don't know, like 98, 99, 2000, when I was in high school, because I saw him live then. And the 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 melody, the... Yeah. Was absolutely in the song. So I would love to look at the like the writing credits for this song and yeah. see if they had to credit D'Angelo. That be, that's not important. What's important is this is a killer R&B song, and she was playing the guitar, and she played the solo, yeah. and it was just so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved. I this was my favorite of of her. This is the new one. It looks yeah. like so. This song is called "Hold On" and it is from this year. Her last album came out in 2019. So this seems okay. like she just like released this single. Yeah, and it was great. And I love seeing. Uh, I am as a guitar player. I am impressed when a vocalist can play the guitar and do like solos and stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you can strum along with yourself, that is the level that I'm at. But seeing somebody that can play more complex guitar parts while singing and then she got to play the solo yeah. at the end of the song. She was just so electric and great. Uh, I was very impressed. And actually singing. Actually singing. Actually singing is awesome. I think... Uh, do we know what her stands for? Because it's H dot E dot R. It feels like it could also be one of those like who's on first. Like you're like, hey, who are you singing tonight? Her. Yeah. What's her name? Yeah. So H E R for her. Uh, oh, she actually shares the birthday with friend of the pod, David Levine, June 27th. Oh. If David's listening, happy birthday three days before mine. So her her stands for. Having everything revealed. Oh. That is her stage name. That is really cool. Right? So, yeah. So, it does stand for something. Yeah. And then we get to the last sketch, which was Maya again. So, it was Maya and Adele with a uh, with Beck, and it's the scented jeans. Yeah. I didn't think that this one was that funny. <laughs> it, I think what they were playing on was the song She's Got the Look. Mm. So there was basically it's these perfume jeans that we learn are dangerous to both the touch and the wearer. And but it like had the kind of trappings of a 80s infomercial kinds of thing. It was shot mm-hmm. in 4-3. It had like a little bit of that video kind of film grain to it. Learning more about what was dangerous about these jeans was kind of like an escalating factor of the sketch. But I agree with you. It it felt of a piece at the end of the show. Yeah. In kind of bizarro land in, in the back. Yeah. But it didn't feel like it was it wasn't great. Well and SNL, I mean, they've done a ton of really good 
jean commercial joke. Yes. Like mom jeans or the woke jeans. or Three-legged jeans. What was the other one that they did with Will Ferrell recently where it was like men jeans who have a little bit of cleavage? To like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all of those are... I. Are so funny, and this one seemed like they tried really hard. They're like it's perfume, but then it's it's acid and it hurts and it. Yeah, yeah. I think that I appreciate something weird at the end of the show. I don't think that yeah. it was like a great. It's not going to be in like the pantheon <laughs> of great SNL fake commercials, right? But you know, in performance, it was fun. Beck was uh, looked great. And then Adele and Maya, again, her third sketch of the night, just being delightful and weird and fully in character and stuff. She does that kind of dead-eyed, kind of 80s thing. Yeah. Well, both of them were very good. I was so impressed by, I think what I thought about Adele in that sketch was, man, she is, especially when you don't have the pressure of being a live performer, she's very compelling to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, she's just a strong presence like your your eyes are fixed on her and she could be doing nothing absolutely so i was very impressed with her in in that and then that that's the end of the show it was a very musical show kind of like the john mulaney one where there was a lot of music in it i noticed that because that last sketch the adele sketch the village people yeah there were three three sketches with Big musical numbers. And that's one of the things that we talked about. We thought there was going to be some vocal component. We, did, we should have mentioned that when we were talking about the Bachelor sketch. But yeah, so that, that prediction came true, that we yeah. had a, basically a sketch that was centered around Adele singing her sad songs. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Beck singing and Keenan singing and yeah, her singing. A lot of singing. And then at the, the Good Nights, uh, Adele ended kind of ha- the show as she began it, where as she was saying thank you, and saying how what a great time she had, she said, "Look out after each, look after each other, and don't forget to vote." Very, very, yeah, perfect just, message. Just sweet. She was wearing a face shield mm-hmm. rather than a mask. I think it's interesting that they used Maya two additional times tonight because she's there. Yeah. Can they not use Jim Carrey? Because Jim Carrey's sticking around. If we're gonna use Maya for sketches, yeah, just use Jim Carrey for sketches. He's there. He's a sketch performer. Yeah, and he's so funny too. He's so funny. I don't know why they haven't. Um, Not yet. Yeah, maybe they will. Maybe as soon as the election stuff is is over, maybe they'll use him more. But yeah, I I would like to see more of him. I love seeing more of Maya. We didn't get any Kyle Mooney, did we? No Kyle. And then it looked like both Cecily and Ad were unavailable. Mm-hmm. New guy John, is it John? New guy, no, I'm sorry, new guy Andrew. Yeah. He was in the Trump Addicts yeah. sketch, and that's it. Lauren was in the the Balcony Grandma sketch. Punky was in the Trump Addicts sketch. We got a lot of uh, Yang, which I liked. Got a lot of Bowen. Well, this brings us to our um, our favorite performer. So who's your best not ready for primetime player this week? Can I say Maya? Yes. Because I thought she was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, she was great. I loved I loved her, and I love what she brings to the table. And she just makes, I think, every sketch a little bit better. And so, yeah, the grandma sketch, I just, yeah, I could watch her do that all day. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have Kate for mine. I've 
resisted mm-hmm. having it be Kate because she is just so good and you could pick Kate every week. But between the psychic sketch at the beginning and mm-hmm. then just holding it together and probably antagonizing Adele during the Africa sketch, I thought it was great. Yeah. What was your favorite sketch? I'm going to go with the uh, the grandma one. Grandma? Grandma with Maya. Yeah. I think it's because I'm a sucker for somebody breaking and just having fun. But it was the Africa sketch. It was, if she was not laughing, it still would have been funny. Yes. And then having kind of the permission to laugh along with her made it even better. Right. So I really liked that one. So then talking about, uh, are we buying tickets? Are stock up and down from both our host and our musical guest? So starting with her, I think the answer is clearly yes. Yes, clearly yes. Clearly you, I think you've had more time since you watched SNL to the moment that we are recording this. Uh huh. So you've probably been able to listen to it more, but like definitely the next time I am in my car or working at my computer, I'll be getting more into her two albums. Yeah, and I was excited because when I go on Spotify, I was like, I wonder how many monthly listeners she has, or what is her most. And she's 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 well known. She has eleven million monthly listeners. Just not us yet. Just not us. So that's very cool. I like that. And then Adele, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm into it. I always kind of liked her. Yeah. When I worked at a high school is when she was really hitting. So kind of that 21, 25, those two albums. Yeah. And so I've played Rolling in the Deep on stage before. <laughs> and I really like her music. I love her. I, yeah. She's like a more, <laughs> she's a more classy Taylor Swift. Yeah, you know what I thought. What I do like about her, and we were t- so we were uh, we've been watching my wife and I. We've been watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and okay. there's an episode in which Josh Groban shows up, and Josh Groban kind of has a sense that he. Is, what I think is cool about him is he's got this incredibly beautiful, classically trained voice, mm-hmm. and he's like a human. Yeah, yeah, which I like, and I think that Adele falls into that where she's just this very talented singer songwriter and also a cockney british lady that cusses a lot and i think that is cool that that is in the same person yeah yeah i agree with that so i i continue to be happy i i think last week we didn't really know what to expect with her as a host but i think expectation she met if not exceeded our expectations for what we would get out of it yeah yeah, I agree with that. We 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 both had a good feeling about it going in, and yeah, yeah. she's just a, a good performer, and I think that there's sometimes where that just transcends the the medium or the genre that you're exploring. I definitely believe that she will be back. Yes, I hope she will. Speaking of people that are back next week, did you see who's hosting next week? I did not. You surprised me. It is John Mulaney. Yes, and the Strokes. Oh. So it's going to be a very interesting evening. That is great. Yeah, so this is John Mulaney's, I think, fourth time hosting. This is his fourth time hosting. And the reason why I know it's four, because I'm thinking Diner Lobster, Bodega Bathroom, Airport Sushi. Those are are the three times that he's hosted. So he's coming back for his fourth time. So he hosted at the end of last season before the early hiatus and the, the online shows. So he's coming back within the same calendar year. Right. Which is pretty impressive. And I think he's got to be somebody that has hosted the most in the shortest period of time. Certainly in a while. Yeah. Steve Martin hosted a very a, a bunch at the beginning, so did uh, Paul Simon. But having somebody host probably, f- so four times in maybe two years, 
right. pretty impressive. And then I really like the Strokes as a kind of retro rock band, and I'm excited to see what they're what they have. Yeah, so that'll be on Halloween, right? That's Halloween. That will be on Halloween. I didn't even think of that. That's that'll be interesting. Be and a, I feel like a that's a spooky show. That's an appropriate person too when we're that close to election to to be the guy who's cuz he makes everyone feel good. Yeah, he's going to be very funny. He's going to s- certainly have some stuff to say. I would love to hear John Mulaney's opinions on Halloween. I just feel like that it's going to be a fun monologue for him to share. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my friend, that is it for this week. I, we had less things to say, but it was very good. I think we just mm-hmm. had a very good time. Yeah, it was a party. It was a party. So thank you for listening to Saturday Night Rewind. You can find us on Twitter at snrewind at twitter.com. Twitter.com slash snrewind. You can, if you're listening to the show, please make sure you rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You can find us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and a bunch of other platforms. So please share us with your friends. Make sure you're rating and reviewing us because that helps other people discover us. We have a listener from Norway, so mm-hmm. feel that is an accomplishment. Yes. You can find Randall at Fresh Cut Randall on yep. Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Mr. B Paradise on Instagram and Twitter as well. Spell Paradise without the E, otherwise, you'll find somebody else. <laughs> If you would like to share a comment with us or send us an email, you can email us at snrewindpod at gmail.com. So we will see you next week. I'll see you next week, Randall. I'll see you next week. Happy Halloween. Mm.